Welcome back, everybody. This is the second half of our discussion of the 1973 film Godzilla vs. Megalon. Uh, we're about 15 minutes into the narrative of the film, wherein the main characters, including Goro, uh, his friend or possibly lover, we're not really sure, it's never really discussed, and uh, Goro's little brother, who is the same kid from Godzilla vs. Hedorah, are uh, they're living their quiet life out uh, in the grassy sort of hills near Toho Studios where it was cheap and convenient to film. And uh, they are being harassed by these two, I'm going to call them swingers. They definitely look like they would attend one of those parties in the 70s where you'd put all the keys into the fishbowl and kind of exchange them and, you know, uh, look into the ice storm by Ang Lee for further information on that. But the point is, uh, very exciting discussion to follow. Uh, really wanted to, again, give a shout-out to Kyle Bragg for, you know, his, his wonderful co-hosting duties, a, you know, mission accomplished, sir, and uh, definitely look forward to, you know, continue watching trashy movies with you in the future. Hopefully it'll lead to many, uh, you know, fateful findings. So anyways, um, thank you, and uh, welcome back to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. So anyways, yes, Riggins. Anyways, <laughs> so it's this, it's that, you know, this, uh, we skipped, we skipped the baby rider as like they needed a reason to Wait, make was this that kid it? look even s- stupider. Yeah. So he's got a mini motor scooter, you know, uh, and I guess in the seventies there were less, uh, pederasts. So it's just like, sure, go ahead. You know, wrote, uh, apparently the kid fixed it himself yeah. too. Yeah. Cause like Goro comes in and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know, he's like, you're an inventor, you should go, and, like, hops on his scooter and rides away. Yeah. You know my real dad? <laughs> yeah. His real, his real dad had his face burned off by Hedorah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same kid. Um, anyways, so, wow, yes. that be a link? Like, this is, like, part two of this kid's life? I mean, hey. I wish. Uh, I mean, I would... I'll, Maybe... I, I, that's how I sort of think about it. This actor, by the way, disappeared uh, sometime in the 80s. We don't know what happened to him. Jesus. But I guess he was really good. Like, June Fukuda and um, Bano said mm. he was a really naturalistic and, and talented actor. Wouldn't and, fucking know it from watching these. Well, yeah. I mean, the voiceover, the American voiceover, yeah, that, that's just the destroys. Worst. Like, I don't know. Um, Even if this movie was muted, I'd still probably want to punch that kid in the face. Just his, like, actions and just... Well, it's like common it. knowledge, Kyle, that you hate all children. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, clearly not as much as the people who made this movie. Um, I guess we... The baby writer... Oh, yeah. The, well, the Seatopia guys kidnap the kid off of his baby writer and come back to the place to try to get in to get Jet Jaguar. That's where the car chase takes place. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and they, they shoot um, Goro point-blank... In the face with which, a roofie gun, with, yeah, yeah it's a which never bugged me when I first the few times I saw it, but seeing it this time, it looked disturbing because if I didn't think that was a sleep gun, 
you know, it's just like the the way it happens. It's like you just shot that guy in the face. I'm expecting <laughs> like blood right. to start coming out of his mouth. Right, and then you know, because this isn't a movie where people don't get injured and have blood silent suddenly violently gushing out of their face. That happens right. too. So it's you know, pick your poison. Yeah, but they have these weird underwater space guns that just shoot roofies. Uh, anyways, speaking of underwater weirdness, <laughs> we, we now cut to Seatopia, uh, which is in connection with Easter Island. And uh, why not? it's displayed by a map painting and then a set with about, I'm going to say, 50 extras. A bizarre dance sequence that is sort of barely hinted at in the editing. Like, you, you really, because most of it is on Antonio, who's the leader of Seatopia. Again, a tattooed-up American <laughs> actor, clearly just staying in Japan, you know, in the 70s. But that's when you get the uh, the dancers who have what appear to be the KKK, you know, I, heads. I thought they looked like condoms, because they were, like, yeah. rubbery. They were kind of see-through. They had, like, the reservoir tips up above their head, like... I thought it was like condom suits. It's, I thought it was like so, a shark fin. It's so fucking weird. I mean, that sequence is one of the weirdest things in any Godzilla movie. Like, and that's saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and totally pointless. After the uh, the dance sequence concludes, this <laughs> uh, business can't yeah. con- commence until the dance is over. Antonio, who has a like a Megalon headband with like the Megalon like little action figure head uh, as the pennant, which I thought was pretty amazing. I was like, "Well, we've lived in harmony with the outside world for three billion years, but now the time is come to attack." You know, so yeah. basically, what has happened is Seatopia is being devastated by nuclear attacks, so they're going to release Megalon to destroy Earth as as payment or whatever, which I mean, I guess a fine plan, but you'd think they'd want to like notify the outside world or the top side with like who they are and why they're doing this in addition to, you know, just releasing a giant beetle, but that's fine. Big, big question. Why would an underwater race have a beetle? I don't know. A be- I mean, like I could understand a bipedal shark. Yeah, you know, but a that beetle. Would be awesome. well, I mean, it's, it's because be- it's because awesome. beetles were incredibly popular with kids in the early '70s in Japan, and they mm. still are. Um, so that's that was a huge thing, and um, so like, yeah, that's that's why they were just like, okay, now it's time for the Godzilla foe who's a beetle, and that's and it's like the Seatopia stuff was just like, you know, just throw it in. <laughs> uh, so they release. Gigan, sorry, they release. <laughs> I'm sorry, call them Gigan because they, you know, interchangeable. the interchangeable. Really, when you look at the stock footage, they they release Megalon, and um, now the plot's really in action. The uh, the Seatopian agents come back, and uh, it, right, they knock out the guys again. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they put they, the kid and. With, One of the two. Yeah, uh, the kid, they put Goro, Goro and, and the kid in the, the shipping the, container. JSW <laughs> was the name of the company. And the, the uh, subtitles. The subtitles were very specific about that. It like, just, 
you all, it's just a bunch of Japanese and then the letters J S W on this, like painted onto the side of the container and the subtitles are like, not good enough. We're also going to put down in subtitles, J S W container yes. on the bottom. So I guess that's some really famous company. There's some reason why they'd want us to know that. that we couldn't tell on. that it was a <laughs> fucking container. Right. Like, we didn't understand what was going on. You need to kidnap a kid and his gay uncle. This, right. Right. This, uh, exactly. Exactly. To do it. It's like, they take a magical bean that they find and turn it into a robot head. No explanation necessary for that, but we need to thoroughly explain what a JSW container is. But apparently we do because Goro has to hit his head <laughs> off the inside of the container right. to be to understand that he's in a metal fucking box. Right, right. right. It's like it's obviously the every surface of the container <laughs> is metal. Like you like you know, a baby could tell you that. And yet Goro's like, here, let me hit my head up against it. Dong dong, definitely metal. It's like <laughs> you think it was made out of like straw? This is a wicker container. So shitty rip torn has paid some thugs that have a moving van that can move this crate. He's having them drive to a pretty tall bridge to just dump it off a cliff. Right. And Antonio makes some comments about, like, the elevator is coming up mm-hmm. to, like, receive them. So, and he's talking to not Goro about, like, why they're doing this. And I guess, like, Megalon, <clears throat> or sorry, I guess Seatopia, um, their people are dying and they need a race of super robots as yeah. their army. And they they need Goro to like build more like an army of jet jaguars, yeah. which that would be awesome, an army yeah. of jet jaguars and unstoppable, by the way. <laughs> but like, uh, and and so Goro says the most logical line at this point is like, well, why don't you just build the robots? I mean, keep in mind this the Cetopians they they've their technology is super advanced. They can contact space hunter Nebula M like nothing, yeah. like they're on speed dial. And they built their own sun somehow. And oxygen supply. And oxygen supply somehow underwater. And yet they can't build, like, an army of jet jaguars. That doesn't quite seem to add up. And the guy's like, why can't you just build your own, you know, robots? And the guy's like, we don't have enough time. Yeah. And I don't know, like, that's the crux like, of the movie. It's well, like, they, they don't have yeah. enough time to build the robots. And so then that's Hiroshi is, says, well, I think you're just stupid. Right. And, and then they punch each, and then... The, he, it's, he, yeah. he, he, he somehow unhinges the ropes and... Uh, Breaking the chair that he's tied yeah, to. And right. Just, just pummels uh, sexy Bela Lugosi the, yeah. half to death. Um, <laughs> and then runs out fleeing uh, to find uh, his lover and his lover's uh, nephew. Around the same time, uh, <clears throat> the JSW uh, drivers are kind of putting together that um, sexy Rasputin <laughs> is... Uh, shitty Rip Torn. Sh- shitty Rip Torn. <laughs> Sexpot, <laughs> Sexpot Garfunkel, <laughs> uh, is like nefarious or like something bad is going on. So they throw him out the window or they throw him out the door of this cargo um, truck off a cliff, and obviously just throw straight up a dummy off the uh, off this cliff, and it's amazing. Yeah, but, which was cut from the American version. Yes, which was definitely cut. Um, but they're still like, they still go to the place to drop off the container. Yeah. Like they're being paid money by shitty Rip Torn, but like 
they, I guess not they, now. They murder him, <laughs> assuming that he's up to bad business. I mean, he pulls out a gun, so I guess it's, you know, self-defense. But at that point, you think they would just stop and, and, and turn around and be like, let's take the money, just drop this container off on the road, and let's just go. You know, the guy in the radio uh, has said, a new monster has emerged, it's Megalon, run. You know, and they're like, they're still driving towards this dam. It's, it's just like, why are you still doing this? And they, like, they don't know. They kind of, they seem to be talking it over, but they, they're like, I don't know. They, they have a very hard, that's the hardest parts in this movie to play, are those drivers. Because it's like, they, the, the hoops their characters have to go through are make yeah. no sense at all. So many, just like that shitty montage, too many things are going on at once, and it, it's not, uh, it is hard to keep up because uh, then they send Jet Jaguar out to meet Megalon, uh, you know, so he can, you know, uh, I guess figure out where he can commence his destruction. So uh, Megalon pops up from behind the dam when uh, just as Hiroshi is trying to convince these two uh, uh, idiot movers to um, uh, to just, you know, bring the truck back. So, because there's a man and a child, <laughs> which at this point would be like, hey, you know, this money's good and probably isn't worth going to jail over, but they're too afraid of Megalon. Right. You know, the gun was fine, but, you know, Megalon, no, no way. So they, now with the Cetopian's uh, roofie gun, uh, just steal Hiroshi and Goro's car, drive away in that, uh, the... The, the JSW container just starts to slide, slide. off. Yeah. It falls. Megalon bumps it, and it flies. He hits it over a fucking yeah. mountain. First of all, it falls as it falls. It never hits the yeah. ground because Megalon, in the just, interim, has destroyed the dam, has fallen down, and he hits it like a hacky set. <laughs> so he catches it in midair as it's falling down, and he hits it with his hand, I guess you would call it. Slab, yeah, thing, thing. His appendage, he hits it with his appendage, and over a fucking mountain, <laughs> and it hits the ground, and Goro and the kid fall out. I'm sorry, they would be paced at yeah, this point. Yeah. They would be cleaning them up with toothbrushes inside <laughs> this thing. Like dental records would be useless, <laughs> you know, like. But they're fine, you know, and it's just like a, yet another testament to the, just this we're in another dimension. Um, I'd like to take it a step back to the whole scene with Megalon, you know, he appears behind this dam in this, like, reservoir and breaks through. And just this scene, you know, you know, it was a, a model set, you know, miniatures, and it was just fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, you, I would... You oh, can, it's the highlight of the movie. Yeah, no it's question. definitely, like, the most, like, artful part of this entire movie. I mean, I love everything about this movie, but, like, this was just really impressive to watch. Well, um, the uh, June Fukuda, they knew they didn't have any money. And so they were like, well, we could do one of two ways. We could have, do, like, an ultra shitty job on everything and just spread out this almost non-existent budget on all of these scenes, or... We could just do the dam scene and the lake scene at the beginning. Yeah. And then everything else will be stock footage except the fight at the end, which you don't really... All you need is the suits. Yeah. And by the way, the suits were the most hastily and rapidly created 
of all the monster suits. So I gotta say, Megalon looks damn good. Yeah, damn and good. Godzilla I, looks like a puppy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just um, so. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. the damn sequence is is great, and Beautiful. and you know. Again, you it's sort of that blink and you'll miss it. Look back at what the movies were, or like where the where this nonsense came from initially, and mm-hmm. then we're back at it when when he you know hits the container over the mountain and you know the kids the kid and the hero is fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so actually, no. um, so also in this scene with the JSW truck and the movers, it's the only time you see women in the movie, and it's because there are like centerfolds. Yeah, you see tits in a tits, movie. Yeah, yeah. like pasted up in like the back window of the truck. And it's like it's crazy because it's like, like why would I guess that was just. I mean, like, not... would, if this movie was geared towards kids, right? How would they have been able to have any scene in the interior of the truck without having like? How could they do that? Here, I think June Fukuda was just too tired. I think <laughs> they they again 180 setups a day, and. He just didn't, he was just like, it's a truck. It was obviously just a real truck that they rented, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, they didn't have time to take him down or something, or he, just, he didn't, I don't, I just think he didn't notice. <laughs> and they got into the editing room, he's like, shit, there's tits in this movie, <laughs> you know, uh, just go with it or whatever. And like, it was too late, the machinery was in place. Yeah. But like, that's the only time that has ever happened in, in, in a Godzilla movie. I guess taking it even a step further back, leading up to the driver getting to the dam where he, you know, tries to save the kid and Goro, there's this car chase where, you know, he's trying to track down the truck and there's just Zetopian Hentron everywhere. There's like a dude on a motorcycle, more people in cars and it's this, you know, car chase and they speed up the footage and, you know, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, this really reminds me of Cannonball Run, but just the chronology of that, you know, doesn't necessarily line up because this came out you know before cannonball run um but you know there was sort of and i really don't know how influenced this film was by them but you know in exploitation you have the car exploitation genre which you know it's cars crashing going fast stuff like that and it's really a, kind of like a very small subgenre of exploitation movies but you know with my brain being wired that way that's one thing that i noticed you know there's you know they are driving cars down these, like, stone steps on the side of a mountain and then, like, you know, going through a quarry and then they, like, you know, crash through a building and there's, like, a dude on a motorcycle, like, he drives up over the hood of the car right. and stuff and then crashes into a house. It's so like you, uh, Fukuda's What's Up Doc. Yeah, yeah, it's just, like, you know, it's just... It just... This epic, like, ridiculous kind of action-oriented stuff that... Is, I, it's not important to the plot. It's entertaining right. to watch, but it's just like, it's kind of, to me, I kind of saw it as like it's there just for like sheer entertainment. It wasn't Absolutely. furthering anything. Well, yeah. And again, this is like, you know, this is what I'm talking about when it's like the movie has come to terms with the fact that it is an exploitation movie or it's, you know, it's it's a grindhouse movie and it's just, it's it's juggling all these elements up in there. It's like, well, if the people are talking too long, they'll throw in a fucking car chase. You know, like, yeah. in this case, two lengthy car chases. Yeah. And, like, you don't see this sort of uh, fan appeasement or, like, kind of trash mentality come back into the series again until um, Final Wars. Yeah. Where it's just, like, cheese balls, <laughs> like, central. <laughs> you know, where it's just, yeah. like, it's literally people dressed up like Neo from The Matrix fighting on motorcycles when the monsters aren't destroying cities. Yeah. Um, they crank it to 11 in that one. So, so uh, uh, yeah. So, so Goro uh, 
his lover Hiroshi and uh, his nephew uh, Rokuro uh, meet back up, and it's just like, oh, I'm so glad you're completely unscathed by that uh, horrendous you yeah. know, fall and kidnap. Uh, you were somehow able yeah. to just find them on the other side of this fucking mountain, yeah. too. Yeah. We should so, say that Megawan uh, emerges now and um, is, is very disappointed in, in sexy Bella Lugosi. Yeah. And uh, flies around and smashes a rock, and precision kills Bella Lugosi, mm. um, which is the first time a monster has killed a specific bad guy in, in, in a couple of movies, which yeah. is pretty great. But uh, so that's the end of Sexy Bella. So Goro mentions that uh, oh, because uh, they see Jet Jaguar flying, because the whoever's in the control room is uh, telling them uh, is telling Jet Jaguar to uh, you know have have him f- you know escort Megalon around for his. Uh, destruction and um uh goro says oh by the way i have this necklace just in case the main computer breaks down i can talk into it and (laughs) oh darn jet jaguar is out of range i can't use it it's not out of range it's out of eyesight oh out of eyesight yeah (laughs) Yeah, the computer only works if he's looking at jet jaguar how the computer would know that i don't know It's (laughs) it's not important you know, amazing. So then you have <clears throat> the entire sequence from Godzilla versus Gigan of the military preparing and the cities being evacuated. Literally shot by shot, cut for cut. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of the music has been changed. But it's like, so that's like four minutes of stuff there. Yeah. Um, if you want to know more about that, go back to the last episode. Because yeah. it's just, it is literally the same. It's the same. Megalon lands, easily dispatches the military. Uh, They send in a squadron of planes. He swats all of them uh, down, but when he hits them, his arms magically turn into Gigan's arms (laughs) because it is the footage from Godzilla vs. Gigan. And then uh, uh, Goro tracks down Jet Jaguar via helicopter. And he's like, Jet Jaguar, go get Godzilla from Monster Island. And then you're like, oh yeah, Godzilla's in this movie. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, Jet Jaguar goes uh, immediately to Monster Island. Yeah, and uh, Ron Jeremy, <laughs> I'm sorry, Anthony, uh, somehow finds out about this from uh, whoever's in the control room. And, and, and he's like, oh, I guess we should contact space hunter M. Nebula and ask for Gigan's assistance. Right. So uh, so apparently they, they can't talk to the humans, but he can talk and say, hey, you're bombing us, but he can... Easily yeah, talk to Space Hunter M. No, in a matter of minutes. Son of a...
So Jet Jaguar gets to Monster Island, and Godzilla is just literally sitting there waiting with his his fingers are intertwined and crossed, and Godzilla is just sitting there doing fuck all. Just, this is just the most <laughs> at peace he has ever it's, been. It's Zenzilla. Yeah, That's... He, is, he is like totally like master, like samurai, you know, like Yoda, like just concentrated, like, just, like, just like I can't be killed. I'm here on Monster Island. I've defeated every opponent. What? What do you need? So then, what do you need for me now? Jet Jaguar shows up and does like fucking sign language with his arms <laughs> while making beeping noises. And fucking Godzilla understands, like, oh shit, you have to come help us. Like, he does proto crip walking. Yeah, you know? it's like the original Macarena. Yeah, <laughs> it does look like a strange combination of of the Macarena. And uh, and the robot and Godzilla understands and agrees to to fight whoever. Yeah, be like, yeah, bro. I I've never seen you before, but uh, you know, you look just small enough and cute enough and uh, serious worthy enough. But I <laughs> yeah, this is a strange reworking of the classic Lassie trope, where it's like, what is it? Boy, you know, Timmy's trapped in the well or whatever, but it's like, it's Jet Jaguar. There's no way Godzilla could know anything what he's saying. He's, Godzilla's probably just thinking, this is shiny. I'm going to follow it for a while until it gets tired and then smash it. <laughs> and that's all it is. Um, so, yeah. So Jet Jaguar flies back, um, and Megalon, he flies in front of Megalon. Uh, Megalon. Uh, seems happy to see him. Uh, or actually, I, I should mention first that uh, Goro tries to contact Jet Jaguar and say, hey, come back, we'll have a beer, celebrate, blah, blah, blah. But um, Jet Jaguar doesn't listen. He flies over to Megalon. Megalon's happy to see him. Uh, and then Jet Jaguar, in probably one of the most dynamic sequence in this movie, right. he 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 grows big. Yeah, right? he grows big, and you got that nice, powerful trombone music. Yeah, and then he just decks Megalon. Oh, it's so that great! That was just the most satisfying. It's so great. He just because the, fucking straight up just jack slaps him. <laughs> just like <clears throat> he he does like how Gary Sinise does to his underling in Ransom, or Denzel Washington to that rapist in Training Day. He straight up throat punches <laughs> Megalon. And because, like, Megalon's confused. Because up until this point, like, Jet Jaguar and him have been, like, friends. You know, they're, like, you know, they're together with the plan or whatever. So, like, when Jet Jaguar just kind of comes up to him, it's just like, hey, boom! <laughs> and Megalon just, like, just falls down. And it's just like, oh, it's so amazing. It's like, this is the beginning of the reign of Jet Jaguar that has never really ended in my heart. Yeah, and that part is awesome. And, you know, they kind of tussle a little bit. And it just basically turns into, like, a kaiju MMA fight with two people just rolling around on top of each other. Um, it just, it started off so good, but then it's like, oh, come on. But yeah. then you get enough payoff so. at the end with the epic battle. So you find out, Guy, er, uh, sorry, Megalon can uh, drill underground. Uh, he can shoot uh, the shit out of his, like, <laughs> balls of elephant dung out of right. his mouth that explode. Um, which... Uh, you know, can be picked up and thrown back at him. <laughs> he um, shoots grenades out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, grenades out of his mouth. <laughs> um, and Jet Jaguar can somehow find him underground by uh, using his lights. Right. Which I'm assuming are x-ray or something. There was a scene in the trailer, of the Japanese trailer, where Jet Jaguar uses his eye lights to blind Megalon and stun him temporarily. That was ultimately cut from the film. There was also one last cut scene where Antonio... 
over a drink of some kind, probably with his friend from the control room, sort of contemplates that maybe sending Megalon up to the surface to destroy the Earth was not the best way to retaliate <laughs> for the nuclear explosions. But this was cut for time. <laughs> but, this and is a, but this is a real scene that they shot. Uh, which is amazing that they shot. They had time to shoot anything other than absolutely everything that was shown on the screen. Speaking of which, we skipped over the fact they completely just show the entire sequence of Gigan destroying the city from Godzilla vs. Gigan, replete with the footage within footage of, from that movie, Gidra the Three-Headed Monsters attack on Tokyo. So that's two layers of stock yeah. footage insulated there. Because Megalon... They, ha- they show that yeah. whole scene again. Because Megalon conveniently has a beam that looks exactly like Gidra's coming right. from his uh, beetle horn right. on his head. Megalon's one beam turns into three... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ...things of lightning destroying the city. Don't think too hard about it. <laughs> Uh, um, but that scene was like 20 minutes ago. That they just There's so much content. Anyways, continuing then, forward. So we skipped over this part. The kid and the two dudes go back to the inventor's house to try to stop the bad guys from taking control of Jet Jaguar from the control room. And before that, Goro and... I think it's Goro, one of the dudes and the kids, go into this town right. to go to a hobby shop yeah. to get a toy plane. Yeah. Right. And the town is fucking abandoned. It's so like, horrifying. The population of Jap- <laughs> Japan in this movie had to have been like 12. Yeah. Like no one it's weird. That's it's like the last man on earth. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's absolutely correct, Kyle. That's the scariest part of the movie. It's like where the fuck is everyone? Like why do these people care so much? Like no one's going to get killed cuz there's no one fucking right. around. Like I think they're in purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> I think the little kid from the end of Godzilla versus Hedora did get killed and this is his purgatory. You know, it, that's it, the, that's what the movie is. Because where the fuck is everybody? Like you said, there's ten actors in this movie. There's in a single female. It's like, okay, you've got Goro, you've got his lover, you've got the kid, you've got like five military dudes in that one scene, and then the scientist. That's under ten people. Yeah. The only yeah. speaking roles, and then the, you, you got this... the Caucasian dancers. Right, that's all in Zootopia. That's yeah. like yeah, not in like... Japan. <laughs> It's, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> so anyways, they go into this ghost town, get a toy plane. I don't know which why. Which looks exactly like one of the planes. Yeah. Which yeah. completely just, like is, breaks the fourth wall. Because yeah. it's just like, wow, that, that looks like it was one of the ones you were just flying right. against Megalon. Moments ago. Yeah. Like less than a minute ago. Anyways. So they get the plane. I don't know why they had to fucking do this. But anyways, they go back to the inventor's <laughs> house. They could have just been a rock. Yeah. They, a, a baseball bat could have yeah. done this. Even easier. They throw a rock or shoot. I don't know what they do. Anyways, they destroy the security camera outside the door. So, like, the Cetopian thug, like, the sexy Belagosi guy comes out. And he's like, huh, what happens? And the kid throws the fucking plane and hits him in the face. And there's just this explosion (laughs) of blood as the guy goes to cup his nose. It is unnecessary. And then in, like, the rest of the scenes, he just has, like, a little bit trickling out. It's really graphic. Yeah, it was like he got hit in the face with, like, a water balloon filled with blood. Yeah. And then they, you know, go into the house, and they get into a scuffle, and it's just, like, the two guys, like, fighting this, the one guy, (laughs) 
And then the little kid just comes swinging out of nowhere right. on from this... A, from a dead stop. He's on yeah. one of these weird... Because like, it's, it's the 70s like, cubes. These giant metal suspended cubes by a suspended chain, from a chain in the And ceiling. just comes in like fucking Miley Cyrus and right. just takes out the rest <laughs> of the fucking like bad guys. It's, it's amazing. Because like they show the kid he's at a dead stop. He is not <laughs> moving. And then like he just sort of slowly like moves forward and then like smashes the guy. It's like, that is not how inertia works. <laughs> okay. This is like, you know, so great. So I don't even know what the fuck they do. They stop them from controlling Jet Jaguar. But, hey, guess what? Jet Jaguar's reprogrammed himself, so I guess what they were doing right. was in vain. Yeah. So, um, so they're taken care of. So Gigan finally makes his way uh, to the fight, and he and Megalon immediately... Uh, love at first sight. They get along just fine. It's yeah. like, you know... They're bosom buddies. Yeah. So, uh, they, they say, let's kick this metal guy's <laughs> ass. Yeah. Let, so, and, and they do. They tag team him, I mean, just just terribly. Yeah, Jet Jaguar goes to, like, fly away, and they, like, shoot him out of the air with, like, yeah. one of, the, like, the fireballs, like... Megalong actually, like, laughs at, like, yeah, the yeah. pain they're inflicting upon Jet Jaguar. It's really sinister. Right? Yeah. And all the while, Jet Jaguar's getting his ass kicked. Godzilla's just strolling from the ocean to where they are, fucking, like, flexing and posing right. like a WWE superstar coming down the ramp. Like, he's actually, like, you he, know, doing these, waving. like... Yeah, he's doing these, like, you know, like, arm motions and, like, just, like, he's, like, fucking flexing. Like, yeah, it's bro. Just, Yeah, and all the while, Jet Jaguar's just getting his dick kicked in. <laughs> He's getting his metal dick <laughs> smashed. Um, yeah, Megalon laughs. And then from here on out, there's like 35 minutes of, of monster fight. This is, I think, either the first longest or the second longest like battle in the whole series because it's just like it I mean it's the last half hour of the movie. And, is, and is the climax, is the fight. And remember, Monster Zero, which was one of the greatest of the series had, what, five minutes yeah. of monster fights yeah. throughout the whole film. But that movie is cut nearly like a diamond. This film has more monster action and is yet almost completely uncompelling. Except for a few moments yeah. where the, you get... This movie is cut like a generic Spider-Man action figure you find at a dollar store. <laughs> The seams are everywhere, you yeah, know, and they're sharp, and they hurt. <laughs> they will cut you. So Godzilla finally moseys his way, his lazy <laughs> ass up, and, I, I, uh, and the then, fight starts. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then the real fight starts because Megal or sorry, uh, Jet Jaguar somehow makes his way over there and decides to like shake Godzilla's hand. Uh, and unlike in the Power Rangers, where they would totally let that just continue, Megalon like zaps. This, yeah. you know, it makes an explosion, and it's just like, oh, right, right fight. Right. Yeah. You can tell Godzilla's thinking, it was like, this guy's too big to smash out right now. Let's take care of Megalon and Gigan, and then I'll sneak up behind you and kill you in your sleep later <laughs> on. Um, and then, yeah, they have a very frantic fight. Goes on for a while. Highlights include, uh, at one point, Gigan and Megalon surround Jet Jaguar and Godzilla in a ring of fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks like they were produ producing an enormous amount of smoke. Yeah, like, that was just, like, straight up, like, actual, like, chemical fumes. Yeah, yeah. and I think they could have burned down <laughs> the studio. 
Um, but no price is too great for Tomiyuki Tanaka. That's... At one point, Godzilla's spikes catch on fire, <laughs> um, which I thought was pretty awesome, um, unintentionally. And, um, you know, eventually they win back the fight. And um, in spectacular fashion, humiliate um, both Gigan and Megalon. Mm-hmm. Gigan escapes with his life barely, although, as we said... Um, gets killed later on that year in Zone's Fighter by Zone Fighter. Um, and then Megalon is subject to one of the most, possibly the most infamous moment in the entire series the kangaroo kick. Yes, the kangaroo kick. So, Judge uh, Jaguar holds uh, Megalon back, and similar to the way Godzilla was holding Ghidra back for Angerus in the last film. So Godzilla decides that not only can he fly, he can also uh, propel himself just by and balance himself just by using his tail and do a kangaroo kick from across, you right. know, like a good mile away. Yeah, yeah. To scale, it's like yeah. two miles now, this, sliding on his tail. This isn't like Gorosaurus and Destroy All Monsters where he just does a nice, clean kangaroo kick on Ghidra's back. Breaks knocks it, him down. Knocks him down. Yeah. You know, boom, boom. This is a long, long <laughs> kick. Right. And he does what? Twice? Right. Twice. twice. And it's like the the end of it somehow results in Godzilla not falling down. Like he yeah. like he slides for two miles, you know, hits He's like completely horizontal. He's completely on his horizontal back. in like, super impossible, you know, in fashion, and hits Megalon square in the solar plexus, <laughs> and then like is up again and like regains and then like moonwalks backwards and then does the kangaroo kick again and uh then you know <laughs> throws or whips it looks like he's beating a rug out you know yeah. like uh beats the the empty uh megalon suit basically up and down like a like a rag doll and then megalon shits excuse me throws a grenade from its mouth which Jet Jaguar then picks up and throws back. Yeah, into catches Megalon's face. and then throws back in Megalon's face uh, into his uh, into his maw and, and blows up in his face. And uh, yeah, then Megalon tries to get back in to Seatopia, but uh, Antonio says seal all exits immediately, and they they do, and it's unclear whether or not Megalon got back or if he's just buried in rock. <laughs> So then, uh, then you know, it, it, it's happy time because, you know, they won. And Jet Jaguar goes over to Godzilla and shakes his hand with, two, you know, both his hands. You know, very personal handshake right. in, you know, the, the East, you know. And it's almost to say, thank you, Godzilla. I can't wait to be in every single sequel after this. Right. Uh, and-, <laughs> and Godzilla's just like, sure, kid. I think you got great potential. <laughs> Who is this loser? You know. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I think that was the whole... Because the rest of this movie is just... He, he shrinks, uh, and and they follow him back, and then they play the Jet Jaguar music. Which, they, the title of that song... Lyrics by Sekizawa, by the way. Really? Lyrics by fucking Sekizawa. Jesus. Uh, the song <laughs> is Godzilla and Jet Jaguar with Punch, Punch, Punch. Not the drink, but hitting... Hitting the other monsters, punch. So, like, I mean, that's a, it's a good name for a song. It's, it's clearly at this point, Tanaka was thinking, we're going to make so many toys <laughs> off of Jet Jaguar. We don't even need Godzilla anymore. Right. This, this is just, you know, this is just uh, the, the, the catalyst right. 
for, for this franchise. It's going to be Jet Jaguar, this Godzilla, goodbye Godzilla, hello Jet Jaguar, toys, toys, another television series, uh, a special guest appearance with Zone Fighter, the Zone Fighter Jet Jaguar <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> holiday special uh, with B. Arthur. And then it turned into the least successful domestic Godzilla film. Um <laughs> And I guess it was just like time was running out on the franchise and people were just, you know, apathetic to it. Yeah. Um, but it has since gone on to be well-loved. Megalon has shown up in, in several video games. And even Jet Jaguar showed up in, uh, the, I guess it was the PlayStation 2 release, Godzilla Save the Earth, mm-hmm. um, with much fanfare. And, and, and Jet Jaguar remains, even though he's in this one film, he remains very popular. Um, and I, with good reason. I mean, he's fucking amazing. He's so awesome, you know. And he he's he's literally the physical embodiment of how insane the series gets. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, the next week we uh, sober up a bit and talk about a movie that uh, I don't know is uh, I think more personal to me because this was the next one was the first Godzilla film I ever saw, and that is uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. This was one of the last films from the Showa series that I saw. Yeah, and this is the last of the uh, stock footage bonanzas. This is uh, kind of, I think. Well, I mean, it, Me- Mechagodzilla. I was, I meant was the was the last. Well, the terror of Mechagodzilla. Well, no, I'm saying that uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla was one of the last ones. Oh I yes, saw. yes. I saw Terror well, Mechagodzilla when I was like nine. Ah, but um, yeah, the. Gazel vs. Megalon was like one of the first ones I saw. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm on board. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mechagodzilla is sort of like a course correction. And, um, I, I, you know, part of it's successful. I love King Caesar. Yes. He's awesome. He's as close as they could get to bringing King Kong back to, without getting sued. I think this is just all a reaction to Hedera. Gigan and Megalon are fantastically terrible wondrously terrible and it's because tanaka didn't know how to deal with hedora right and i think he was panicking yeah he was panicking and that's why uh, i think mr uh who was the bono yeah was given the short end of the stick um well yeah it's the two reactions yeah. it's in a way it's all connected to hedora because it's like guy gan was like Oh, we got to do a classic Godzilla movie again. Well, let's get Ghidra in there, and you know, get all that other stuff. And it's like, and then that that doesn't work. Like, oh shit! Well, now we got to make an Ultraman movie, you mm-hmm. know. And and then they do that, and then that doesn't work. So it's all this sort of snowball reaction to Hedora keeps on like impacting the series, even though now it's like you know three movies ago. Um, but Megalon is awesome. Kyle, closing thoughts. Um, this is the second time I've seen this movie. Um, the first time I saw it, I was living with Mike, and I drunkenly like stumbled out of my room, and Mike's like, sit down and watch this. And I'd missed the first couple minutes, but my mind was completely blown. Um, you know, I have very limited knowledge of and like exposure to like kaiju films and you know the Godzilla franchise and whatnot, but. I've seen this movie twice, and I absolutely fucking love it. It is just, like, the schlocky, just, like, exploitation goodness that I look for when I look for a film to watch. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely would recommend it to anyone. Absolutely. 
I think it's available mm-hmm. on DVD. Tokyo Shock put it out a couple of years ago. And uh, well worth the investment. The commentary is amazing and has much of the information that we've called uh, for today's program. Also, they have an amazing trailers and stills uh, thing. So comprehensive. It's like 15 minutes of poster yeah. lobby cards from every country, all for this movie. In Germany, it was like known as King Kong something something because they called Jet Jaguar King Kong. Uh, so... Really cool. If anyone's interested, definitely should check it out. Um, I think we should probably wrap it up. We're at an hour and a half <laughs> right now. But um, just we could say, we go, could go for another. I mean, we hour. Could, There's so much more. We we could talk about like the the theme of the podcast could just be the Jet Jaguar Power Hour from now on. <laughs> we could produce a weekly hour long show about Jet Jaguar for five years. <laughs> but um, unfortunately. Yeah, we have to sort of wrap things up. Um, I will say that we are definitely still available for free to subscribe on iTunes. Have the Facebook page, the Godzilla Pod War Hour. I'm on Twitter at Michael Kelly at Godzilla Pod War, and we have a Tumblr account now. Yes. Once um, I I figure out how to use Tumblr, I I will be tumbling uh, around the nets. <laughs> yeah. Much like. Megalon and Jet Jaguar. Exactly. Very sensually. That's... Megalon hops around. Megalon does hop around. Hop around. Very eccentric. <laughs> an eccentric monster for an exceptional film. <laughs> Ah!